is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, hey, um... Hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. I've got a friend today who's going to help you rethink the way you sell, going to help you rethink the way you prospect, and that's Art Sobchik. Now, Art and I met last year during the Outbound Conference. We had done some podcast, traded podcast episodes in the past, but um, we really got a chance to meet and spend a little bit of time together. I've got such great respect for what he does and what he's done uh, for the really the last couple of decades in his career, helping people like you prospect more effectively. And so I knew that he had to be a part of this season. And we talked about a lot of things, but I really love selfishly that he validates a lot of my points here about having the right expectations, about having the right plan, about not letting tools be distractions for you, right? What are you here to do? And, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about that over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. So, Sit back, enjoy, take notes, um, but just, you know, if I can prime you a little bit, t- just pay attention to the vigor that Art has when he talks about this stuff. He's so passionate and so good at what he does, and there's a reason that he's been so successful. And as he says right off the top, keep it simple. Thanks for joining me here today. Like there, you are on a very short list of people that I love to talk to about prospecting because you've been doing it so well for so long. And I think most importantly, um, the way that you've been doing it has worked so well for so long, despite all the changes we have, you know, in the sales industry and, oh, the phone is dead or long live the phone or, or whatever. Like the, the techniques that you teach the fundamentals and the principles that you live by and you teach by, they still work. Let me, before we get into some of the more tactical or strategic stuff, like why do you think it still works? Why why is what you teach just, why does it have such a long shelf life, if you will? Or why, why is there such longevity behind it? Well, first of all, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the introduction. Thanks for the kind words. Pleasure to be here. Great to be speaking with your audience. To answer your question, I've always been a pretty simple guy and I've always tried to make things simple. And I think that's why I've been successful over the years because people want simple. They don't want to over-engineer a process or techniques, although there are a lot of people looking for the easy button. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prospecting and sales itself is relatively simple. 
It does require work, but simple in the sense is that it's a collection of a lot of common sense, which employs the fundamentals of human nature, which have been around forever. People always ask me, what, what has really changed in sales and prospecting over the past pick a time period, you know, two, five, 10, 15 years? Sure. And I always say, well, certainly the technology has changed. Our ability to get information has changed for the better. Uh, distractions have changed <laughs> for the worse because mm -hmm. people can go down rabbit holes. But what really hasn't changed in millions or even billions of years is the human mind, right? Because ultimately, it's still people talking to people. And I find today that if someone is avoiding doing what they probably know they should be doing, which again, it's not that difficult to find. And they go out and they start looking for the next shiny object or the easy button. And they go on LinkedIn and they find some guru who is spouting off some new gimmicky technique, which, I mean, don't get me going on some of this garbage. <laughs> then you know they'll, they'll try it, they get kicked in the head. And then what they find is, oh, the phone doesn't work. Nobody's answering the phone. Nobody's talking to me and all this stuff. And again, I just go back to what what really has worked forever. And I, I don't want to sound like, you know, get off my lawn guy. Um, this, this, yeah, I've been doing this for 100 years, although... <laughs> Uh, although if you ever saw that picture of Alexander Graham Bell, that that was me in the background <laughs> for the first phone call. Uh, not actually. But, uh, the, I mean, the, the fundamentals, the basics work. And, 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 and I do love the fact, with, I mean, despite the fact that there are a lot of shiny objects being perpetuated out there like there always has been, there are today a lot of people out there who are also... Uh, perpetuating the concept of humans talking to humans. Mm -hmm. And I love that because especially today, what we've gone through over the past couple of years, I do believe that people want to connect and we're all inundated with the automated messages, whether they be by email or voicemail, phone, text, whatever. And when we actually get a, a human talking to us like a human at a peer level, not using some kind of gimmick or technique, now we lean in and we think, oh, this is a little bit different. This might be somebody who's done some research, knows something about me, might have some value, and it might be worth at least a couple minutes of my time to see yeah. if it'd be worth more of my time. Look, you know how to prospect. I know you know how to prospect, but something still gets in your way. As a matter of fact, I've identified eight reasons that you and your team are not creating more sales opportunities. I put them together as a white paper to serve as a companion of this season of the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. Go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash eight reasons to download your copy and the self-assessment that is included in that white paper so you know where you can make maximal impact right away to improve your prospecting results. Now back to the show. Yeah, it's it's funny. Fundamentally, you have to put yourself in front of strangers. I don't care how you do it, but it's got to be done. And maybe, and, and I do believe this is true. There is a certain segment of the population that will not respond to the phone now. 
okay, but let's not paint with such a broad brush that we forget about the millions of people who still will pick up the phone and they'll pick up the phone when you call. At the very least, they'll listen to your message or even less than that, they will watch or read the transcript of your message when it shows up on your phone. So forgetting about the phone as a means of accomplishing those fundamentals, those simple things that you talk about, right? And, and I love being agnostic about this. It's like, hey, use the phone, don't use the phone. Use smoke signals. I don't care. Like if that's how sure. you feel you can reach people, how are you putting yourself in front of people who can say yes to you? And I think that's, and one of the things, I mean, you're the, the perfect person to talk about this. I mean, small, or smart calling is in its third edition and, and you continue to update that. And it's just such, there's such brilliant work in there. Um, I think I'm seeing a lot of people who have improper expectations for their prospecting, right? I, I, are you seeing this? Are you still seeing people who think that they're going to pick up the phone and say the right thing to the right person at exactly the right time? And that's how they're going to, you know, make their sales. I feel like there's a, a really narrow, that's tunnel vision at that point. They're not seeing the bigger picture there. Do you, do you see that with the clients you're working with? Yeah, actually, the, there, there's two parts to that. One is mindset. Mindset mm -hmm. being like an athlete should go into every game thinking, I'm going to win this game. We're going to do well. Otherwise, why why would you play? Right. Right. And I know you, you're an athlete. And every time you step out there on the field, you, you expect to do well. Same thing with salespeople. We should not go into a call thinking no one's going to answer the phone. I'm going to fail. Nobody wants to talk to me because then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. On the other hand, we shouldn't have expectations in certain micro parts of the process, for example, or, or, or high expectations. For example, when I leave a voicemail, I should be realistic in the sense that I know most people are not going to return a phone call based on a prospecting voicemail. If somebody does return a phone call, hey, bonus. But yeah. the, the fact is, the way I look at it is a great voicemail serves the purpose of putting a question in somebody's mind that they want the answer to, as opposed to that's a salesperson. When I see that number coming in again on caller ID, I'm going to ignore it as opposed to, oh, this Jeff Bajoric guy, he sounds like you might have something here. I'm not quite sure what it is, but, but I'm curious. If that call comes in next time, I'm going to pick it up. Or if I see his email, I'm going to read it. Or I'll let my assistant know if he calls to put the call through. Those are just the little, little things that we can do in order to enhance our chances for success. And, and I ag agree with you. I mean, the, the, the phone is a tool, just like video is a tool, just like email, texting, you know, writing letters. Mm -hmm. All tools. Bottom line, what it gets down to is sales is still sales. And we need to be focusing on the, the prospects and the potential value that we're delivering or the customer for those of us and those of you listening who are in account management and you're servicing customers. Again, every call should be like a prospecting call, not where we're just going to call and just check in to see if they need anything. We should be working as hard on those regular calls to regular customers as we should on prospecting calls. Again, assuming people are working hard on their prospecting calls. I know the right. good ones are. <laughs> and, 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 and again, I've been doing in, 
teaching inside sales way back in the day, it was called telemarketing, then it migrated to telesales and inside sales. And now they're calling it remote selling or virtual selling, you know, whatever you call it, it's still <laughs> selling without being there. And um, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. But I know there are many people out there that are servicing accounts and you're doing it remotely. And one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen over the years is neglecting those accounts and just taking them for granted. And again, just calling to check in, see if somebody needed anything, as opposed to really doing your research. What, what, what did they buy last time? What's their buying patterns? What's going on in their industry? What new can I share with them? So that every time we call, we've got something and they will say after that call, wow, every time Jeff calls, he's always got something good for me, as right. opposed to, oh, it's the sales rep just checking in to see if he can take my order. Right. And 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 that that leads me to something, I mean, beautiful. I mean, planning out that process. And I don't just mean mapping out, I'm going to call this prospect on Monday and then Thursday and then Tuesday of the next week and then Friday of the next week. It's like, what, as it relates to expectations, if you're out there prospecting, what where are your expectations? What is your perspective of the longer term plan? Right. You, you, you touched on this art. It's you don't want to go in with the mindset of no one's going to answer my phone today or my phone call today, but understanding that most people, you're not going to reach them at a time where they're willing to pick up the phone or able to pick up the phone. That's the, the math of it, right? So managing your own expectations while also managing your own mindset for success is, is kind of a balance. And one of the things that I notice, and it's been something I've been thinking about and talking about more and more is that many to one is better than one to many. If you focus on reaching someone multiple times, if you are intending to reach out to someone multiple times through multiple channels before you even expect a response, that will manage your expectations much better than, well, I'm going to call 100 people today knowing that the math says probably 10 of them are going to pick up. And then tomorrow, I'm just going to find another 100 people to call because I know that the, the randomness of you know the math is going to work in my favor. That's the straight volume play versus, you know, I'm going to reach this person 15 times over the next six weeks in an attempt to create a narrative, an attempt to demonstrate myself uh, as someone worth talking to because I have something worth talking about. There's momentum that is gained there. Um, that just seems to make sense to me. Uh, what what's your approach to that? And how do you guide people through that planning process of you know setting and managing their own expectations, but also building a coordinated campaign? Right. I mean, it's not the same fifteen calls over the next six weeks. It's well, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to send this piece of information with a compelling reason to read it. I'm going to send a, a follow up email or a follow up voicemail to ask what their thoughts were. Um, you know. How do you advise people around that? Well, first of all, you just lost all the uh, numbers game people out there. Who, <laughs> you know, all, all the people, good. all the managers who manage by dashboard and say, oh, sales are not well, are not good. Well, you just make more calls. Right. Give me more numbers. we got to get more meetings. And I've made fun of that forever. And I know those people are not my market. There are, there are people out there for that. I'm I believe that sales is not just a numbers game. It is a game of numbers because we, we use numbers to measure activity. 
with that being said, quality and quantity are not mutually exclusive. You could mm -hmm. still put in uh, a lot of quantity if your focus is there and your discipline is there, because too many people waste time on other activities that are not related directly to their outreach to to prospects. Look, I don't know if there's anybody that's been doing it better longer than you have. You've seen it all and you've been doing it at such a high level. Like, you know, look, go back. If you're listening right now, go back. And, you know, skip back 15 seconds and listen to that again and write that down somewhere, uh, understanding what you're really promoting, understand the conversation you're really starting. And, you know, look, you believe this is uh, valuable for them, but you're not entirely sure. You know, you're prospecting for a meeting. You're not prospecting to make this. You're not going to make that sale today. It's okay. You're going to take a step forward today. That's the goal, but you're not going to close the deal today in, in most cases. Um, so manage your own exp expectations about what success looks like. And the first, you know, the first way to succeed is, is really testing that hypothesis. Is this, am I on the right track here? And, you know, I've, I've asked that in prospecting calls before. And, and am I in the right place? Is this like, I, I call on people. I've helped people who look a lot like you who deal with this fill in the blank. Is, is that you? Am I barking up the wrong tree here? Right. I mean, it's, there's, there's so much more pragmatism that is allowed, you know, when you approach it that way. That's a great format right there. I mean, that's the basis for a good prospecting call. Mm -hmm. And actually, let me be a little bit contradictory here to what you, you just said. Love it. And, and you, I, I hear so much today about people you know, getting the meeting, getting the meeting. Let me ask you, how many prospects out there are sitting there staring at their phone saying, you know what I need? I need more meetings. meetings. <laughs> Nobody wants a freaking meeting, okay? Mm -hmm. People want something that you can help them get or, or, or help them avoid. Now, with that being said, as far as our expectations, uh, there are people out there who are adamant about that first phone call. You want to get the meeting as soon as possible. You just want to close for the meeting. You know what? That is me-based. That's not them-based. I go into every call thinking, well, first of all, here's something I ask all the groups that I work with, people who prospect. I'll say, has anybody here ever in the history of your business made a sale on a prospecting call? You were in the right place at the right time. They say, you know what? We're actually looking for what you're selling right now. And you know, somebody, you know, a lot of people will raise their hands. I'll say, mm -hmm. so we have established the fact that it is possible. Yeah. Okay. So if it is possible, why would I go into a phone call and if somebody is interested and they're really interested in what I have and they're they're hot at that moment, why would I end the call to set up another call? True. So one of my favorite sayings is if the music is still playing, stay on the dance floor. <laughs> I mean, you got somebody that's all hot and interested and they're hugging you and then the music's still playing and you say, well, you know what? Let's go sit down. Right. Let's, let's pick this up another time. Whoa, no, wait a minute. So, I mean, I can give in my own case, I give you situation after situation where I'm not the one that's going to say, let's end this call. And by the way, if your goal still is to get the meeting and I get it, that's where it comes to, it really depends on what is your process? What are you selling? How many people are involved? That's where sales is just not generic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I got to tell you, 
so many of my calls, well, actually every call I go into, because most of them today, thankfully I don't have to prospect like I used to when I first started my business. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of inquiries, which I still treat as a prospecting call because I really don't know a whole lot about people. You know, my goal of every one of those prospecting calls, which is a follow-up call, it's to get the sale. Yeah. (laughs) Do I get the sale? In a lot of cases I do, because I'm taking it all the way to the point, even if they need to see a proposal, mm-hmm. I'll say to them, if they, if they say, send me a proposal, I say, I'll do better than that. I'll tell you exactly what's going to be in the proposal. So let's mm-hmm. go through it. Right. So you mentioned you're looking for this, this, and this. So I'll go through it point by point. Does that mm-hmm. sound like what you're looking for? Does that sound like what you're looking for? Great. What's that going to do for you? So we're really into the sales process. And I'll say, if that was all in a proposal, would you go with it? There it is. There it is. Um, this is the master at work, everybody. If you're listening at home, like that's that's how you do it. This, you know, knowing your process so well that it's like, oh, you want to take the next step in the process? Why don't we do that right now? You got a few minutes? I can lay it out for you right now. That's real leadership there. Um, Art, I appreciate that. I, I've I've gotten feedback that um, from from my listeners that they like short episodes. And so we're up against the the clock here with that. Unfortunately, I could talk to you for hours, but I do make exceptions for food. And you're one of my favorite followers on Instagram at Art of Barbecue. Um, I got to throw this out there. What is your favorite thing to cook? Oh my gosh, that's like asking, who is your favorite child? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, uh, professionally, I have I've done barbecue in the sense that I've done barbecue competitions for over 25 years, not doing mm-hmm. it as much anymore. I do cook everything. Uh, I, I specialize in wood fired cooking of all different types, whether it be grilling, slow smoking barbecue, I got a pizza oven. Right now, I would say my focus, what I'm really enjoying and getting a lot better at is is brisket, which is one of the hardest things to cook. It's the thing I sucked at in uh, competition, but really getting pretty good at it right now. I've got I've got eight smokers and I've got two more on order. And uh, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that and I'm going to be getting a barbecue food trailer. So that that's coming up Um, anyway. So that that that's a passion. We could talk about this for hours. Oh man, uh, this I'm serious. I I, I wasn't joking. I, I sent you that text message. I'm like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like it's selling family food and golf. That's like your entire. That's your your whole deal. Like this is you got it knocked. Hey, you know what? Life's in short. Life's short. Embrace it. You know, squeeze squeeze every bit that you can out of it. And and this is true in sales. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, I saw Brian Tracy years ago when I, when I was young, he was relatively young and I'll never forget his quote. He said, if you're going to be doing something anyway, why wouldn't you do it with your fullest capability? I'm screwing up the quote here, but this is my interpretation. Do it to your fullest ability with the most energy that you have, as long as you're doing it anyway, why would you half ass it? Right. Right. Oh, true words never spoken. Hey, Art, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to do it again. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty passionate about this and cooking. So, you know, we 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 could go on for hours. It's another podcast. The the I don't know the the art of cooking and selling. I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> Thanks, Art. Well, if the music's still playing, what a great comment. Right. And, and what I love about this show is getting to talk to really smart people like art and things like that come up where we can disagree or add points or color or texture to the discussion. Um, 
But he's right. Look, understand where your expectations should be. You want a meeting. You want at least a meeting. But when more than a meeting is offered, do you know when to ask for more? Do you know when to take more when it's given to you? Understanding the, the really the, the construct of what you're working within with your sales process is vital to moving deals along as quickly as they can be moved. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation or listening to it anyway, as much as I enjoyed having it. Um, I've got two things that I want you to do. One, follow Art on Instagram, right? Art of At Art of Barbecue. He's tremendous. He's very, very talented and also very generous. It feels like once every half dozen posts or something, he's cooking for somebody else for free and just donating to first responders or hospital workers or something. Like he's just, he's a, a quality human being. The other thing I want you to do is go to my website, jeffbajorek.com forward slash resources, and look at the white paper that I just put up there called The Eight Reasons Your Team is Not Creating More Opportunities. I'm outlining all eight of these reasons that I've gone into over the last couple of episodes that I'm going to uh, go into over the next few episodes. And I'm also giving you solutions. So it's all right there. The whole thing's a 10-minute read. You can help, you know, you can, you can get some help understanding what's holding you and your team back. And you also have the solutions there to fix them if you would like. So thank you again for being here. I hope to talk to you again soon. A lot of podcasts out there for you to spend your time listening and watching as I remind you that we're on YouTube as well. Uh, but we'll be back with another Rethink one the in way a couple you of days. Sell is a pod about it production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.